Everybody, welcome back to Four Fit Podcast, episode fifty-four. Now, my name's Matt. With me, as always, is Big John Stud, the J Lo, Wild Bill. What's going on, fellas? Hey, hey. Awesome. yo. We got a little. We're going to start things off talking about a, an, a, a apparently an historic event that happened uh, a couple nights back. The Los Angeles Lakers landed their seventeenth championship, and. Uh, Big John Stud keeps calling this uh, an historic event. John, why is this so historic? A little bit too much passion for a non-Lakers fan. For a Sixers fan, you're putting in a little bit too much effort. You're showing a little bit too much excitement. Listen, I know you're you're team Bron Bron and all, but... Jesus. Listen, LeBron James has gotten so much heat over the years. He, he did another great job of leading a team to a championship. Got to give the guy his respect. Very historic, not only for the pandemic year in a bubble, uh, but to, to, to play in a pandemic, to, to um, kind of have the season stop halfway in the season and then pick up, you know, months later. To leave your family for like three months and to live in a bubble and just go through and just wipe up teams. Respect to LeBron. Shout out to Jeannie Buss, first ever female NBA owner to win a championship. Much respect. Are you done? I mean, I could go on. <laughs> so why why was LeBron so like why did he make it such a point to say in his MVP speech that he wanted his damn respect? Like, like, like this guy's never gotten his, his respect. Like what, what, what triggered that? I I think he's, I think ever since he made his decision to move to Miami, he, um, a lot of people just hated him. And I think it started primarily in Cleveland and then when he went to Miami, there was a lot of begrudgingness, a lot of, a lot of shit being thrown his way, especially after his first season when he couldn't win there. And then he finally won, and then he left there after, what, two, two championships, went back to Cleveland, and Miami hated him. And then he got back to Cleveland, wins, another, wins a championship there finally. Still, still uh, doubter, haters. And you know, then uh, decides to free agency again and join the Lakers and look what he did you know two years later it's pretty impressive makes you wonder makes you wonder why everyone hates him yeah but like why is he surprised when you're the greatest player in the world and you decide to to jump around from team to team to city to city you've got to you've got to realize that you're gonna you're gonna form uh, a group of haters just on leaving alone I mean, there's people who are not going to like that, you know. There's people who think that that that's just not the way to go about it. There's people that think that, you know, you should stay with one team the whole time, especially if you're trying to build a legacy of being one of the goats. Um, you got to do it with one team. So, for him to to carry this weight and let this bother him, 
I, I, I don't I don't understand, and maybe I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate because I want to know what um, what you think about that, John. Why? Who the host? <laughs> Thank you, Jesse, for getting a screenshot of that. <laughs> Let me get one too, just in case he's freezing up again. Oh, there's a double care. Shot. Why does he care? Why well, would he care? All right. <laughs> First of all, you froze, and we got some great footage of you frozen. Awesome. So, so your question yeah, now, why, John's frozen. Why the the question? I'm we have a lot of we're having a lot of uh, video we're having a lot of uh, video technical difficulties. So, so your question again is why why does he carry that weight? Why does he feel so disrespected? Yeah, I mean, again, I think in my, in my opinion, I think that ever since, well, let's face it, when he's when he when he's Grace the cover of Sports Illustrated as the chosen one. Um, the media didn't help by by you know anointing him the king or whatever you want to whatever marketing genius you want to put behind his his persona didn't help his, it didn't help him. I mean it, it put a lot of pressure on him. And ever since he's been in the league, he's he's had pressure on him, um, pressure in Cleveland to turn that. You know, franchise around which he which he did in his early parts of his career, um, but just couldn't get it done with the guys he had. Um, so he decided to jump ship and, and and join the Heat. And I think that decision that he made, as with all the fanfare, uh, attracted a, a lot more, you know, hate, disrespect. Um, which I mean, granted, the way he did it, we could you know we could argue that it wasn't the greatest marketing genius thing in the world to do but you know he did it and by going to Miami and and winning two championships there in three or four years I think solidified him as you know taking a little bit of that pressure off but again people people despised him in Cleveland for leaving so you know by the time he had won those two championships in Miami people you know the hate was compounding and then he was like you know what maybe it's time for me to go home and he made the move to come home and, and finally bring Cleveland a championship. And I think that, you know, some of those wounds were, were healed a little bit. But I think people from Miami then sort of felt disrespected because he left. And then, I mean, then he did it again to Cleveland. Then he leaves Cleveland again. So, you know, again, if you were, you know, look at it this way. If we were Sixers. It just seems all self-inflicted to me. And, and, and then he, he, he wonders why people are disrespecting him and, and and then the fact that he he demands people's respect, it's like, just why not just keep winning in Cleveland, man? Like I, I, I you're the greatest player in the world. Have people come to you if you want if you want to win if you want to team up with superstars. I agree with you one hundred percent because, like I said earlier before we logged on here, if he would have won, you know, six championships in Cleveland and not gone anywhere, I think his story is a little bit different. I think his, I think the haters are less of haters. I think, you know, it would have looked at like, he's a guy who never left and you respect that just like Kobe. You know what I mean? Um, but, but I think to your, to your original point, he, he does do that to himself. I think that the decision was a, although good intentions of, of basically, 
you know, donating all the proceeds and this, that, and the other thing, good intentions. But it, you know, today's world, it's sort of, uh, it caused more of a shitstorm than it, than it was good. Um, but again, you, you have guys like that behind you. You're, 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 um, I don't want to say your, 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 your team, I guess you call your team behind you making those decisions and thinking that's a good thing. You know, it, it's, it's a little fault on them, but I mean, again, look at the guy now he's where he's at in his career and his life, you know, billion dollar deals with, with Nike and, and, and starting his own uh, school in Akron, which, you know, people, seem to forget a lot he's done a lot of real good things in his life i think he does i think he does deserve a little bit more respect than 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 people give him that and that's fine but some of the stuff that he says he just comes off as the dude with the thinnest of thin skin hey and you know what jesse you're you you have have a point there but let's remember and it's not you know it's not any fault of his own but he, he he grew up you know in I get. I'm assuming it was poverty. I don't, I don't know specifically, but like he grew up kind of in like a shitty situation, you know. And and he's and he's grown up before our eyes. And does he, does he say some things that make it feel like that? Sure. Well, he, but again, he just, he just posted something on Instagram last night with him smoking a cigar. I shared it in the group chat, and it says, "What are they going to say now?" I know they'll make up another criteria that nobody else has ever had in the history of the game, but guess what, though? Bring it on, please. Heavy is the head that holds the crown, they say. Let's get it. It's like, come on, bro. Just just be LeBron. You're you never going to be is, Jordan. This, just is be what hap- this is what happens after you get all the money you'll ever need in your life. You know, what, what you start, you start <clears throat> wondering, and you start, you start winning championships, and you start you know, um, gathering all these accolades and achievements. And it's like, you know, for, for, for professional athletes who have that killer competitive spirit within themselves, it's like, after you accomplish all these things, you, you start to f- try to find what's the next thing that, that I need to overcome or be challenged with. And it just seems to me like he's looking for, you know, solidifying his legacy and making sure that everyone is pleased with him and that, that everyone's happy with him. And I got news for him, but no one's ever going to, everyone's not going to be happy with him. There's always going to be someone out there that just can't stand him because Mm -hmm. he, because he left for Miami that one time, even though he came back to Cleveland, like you're never going to be able to win everyone over. And I feel like, He's starting to he's starting to grasp at those straws and he's only going to be able to grab so many. And, you know, it's just it's just after you win and achieve so much and you make so much money, it's like these guys start worrying about what their legacy is going to be. And I believe he's starting to enter that phase of his career and that that part of his life. You know, I don't know. I mean. I think he should just focus on, you know, his foul shooting, <laughs> to be honest with you, you know. There, there's definitely been champions of different sports who celebrate, react differently. There's guys like Kawhi Leonard who are, you know, don't show very, very much emotion. There are guys like Draymond Green who are – 
more flamboyant. Over the top. Yeah. Over the top, exactly. There are um, you know, there are guys like Alex Rodriguez who, you know, has probably one of the biggest asterisks on his career, yet, you know, is a champion. Um, and he is a little flaunting and flamboyant that way as well. And and look at him, look what he did. Um, he basically cheated. So I think the I think the hate that LeBron gets because of the way, and to Jesse's point, the immaturity some point at some times that, that people consider it immature, which you know I, I can I can see it. Um it, they they ignore all the great things he's done as a person off the court. Yeah, and, I, and I, I think, think and I think people the- should measure him. You know the, the hate that he gets from a by by his basketball decisions. You know you you got to stop and think like the, the guy did great stuff for his city. There's not many athlete superstars who you know are arguably one of the greatest to ever play their 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 game has done as much for his town, his hometown as, as LeBron James has done. And that I, and that I give respect to because that that's the stuff that even today we take for granted. And, and it's a shame because it, 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 it it's a, um, it's sort of a, a, a disheartening thing when people, you know, LeBron James isn't the goat. LeBron James is immature. LeBron James, this, that, and never be Michael Jordan. But yet, we don't look at all the great things he's done as a person. Yeah, and and, just, and I get and I get shit for for liking the guy a lot, and, and we go back and forth about the difference between him and Michael Jordan, and and we don't even get to that that debate or that discussion. But you know, it's the way I feel about LeBron James <clears throat> is the same way I feel about Michael Jordan while watching Michael Jordan. Is he is such a um, captivating um, person uh, in his sport that. You know, you can't, you know, you guys were getting on me for like, well, why are you watching that? Because he's because he's a Laker. I'm like, regardless of whether he's a Laker, a Maverick or a, a Heat, like you got to watch it because it's like watching. Um, it's like watching Michael Phelps win a, a, a 10th gold medal or how many gold medals he's won. It's like something you just got to watch because it's history. It's 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 sort of um, something we probably will never see in our lifetime again. Yeah. But Bill, Bill, I, I can see your face. So, so I disagree so with both points you just said, but that's just me. It's not a matter of you watching it, John. It's a matter of you rooting for the Lakers. That's what made us nuts. And we probably will see if somebody does good. And his name is Ben might be Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you want to vote. Oh my goodness! Oh, Bill. Oh God, go eat your muffins. Listen, I mean, did we not did, – did, did, did the people on this podcast – I mean, I mean, I'm sure Jesse did as well as a young kid. I mean, we all watched the Bulls. We were all Bulls fans. Yeah, because that was different because Michael Jordan was better and we liked him more. That's completely different. Listen, listen. There is no were Bulls fans. Okay, fan. got it. We still are <laughs> Bulls fans. We still are Bulls fans deep down inside because we all need go. that second team because we know our 10-9-8, you know, just – and get it done. <laughs> and then the Listen, moment we got Doc, so we're looking up. And, and you know, and congratulations to Austin Rivers too. Shout wow. out to Austin Rivers. He's he's having a baby boy. We'll we'll get some players. We'll get it. We'll get a couple, two, three good bench guys. He'll he'll attract some guys that make this. Like we're gonna win fifty, fifty-five games. Team stays healthy. Like, what if, we're what if LeBron would have? 
what if LeBron didn't choose the Lakers and he actually did come to the Sixers? Like, I think that was on his short is his short list to come. Yeah, with us, but he didn't meet personally. He only said he only sent his representatives, which basically was a blow off. I mean, he was he would have never have lasted in in this city. Never. You want to talk about hate? You want to talk about hate and criticism? And him having thin skin. I don't know. We <laughs> one thing. start pretty well. I mean, if we go to the finals and lose uh, yeah. six or seven to the Warriors or something, I, I don't think we'd kill him. I, I think we embrace superstars. Well, it took him. It took him two years, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't, it, I don't know. If, I don't know about that embracing superstars, Bill. There's if there's one person in particular on this podcast who gives one one superstar on a Philadelphia team a lot of heart, a a a, a lot of. A lot of hardship, a lot of flack. You want to talk about hate? We talking about our one and only quarterback, Carson Wentz? No, no Carson Harper. Wentz is not a superstar. He plays his heart out, and he just refused to hate because he makes a lot of money. It's not his fault. Who are we talking about? Bryce Harper. <laughs> Plenty talking of money. about Bryce Harper. What other superstar is there in Philadelphia? Carson's not a superstar. Carson's like an average quarterback. Carson's not a superstar. Ben Simmons is no superstar. Joel here, here's, is no superstar. Here's the problem with that argument. Bryce they Harper hasn't, hasn't won diddly dick anywhere. LeBron James had won three championships. If he would have came here at, to the Sixers and joined up with Ben Simmons and Joel and maybe even Jimmy Butler, if we were to keep him, I don't know, whatever, and he would have won a championship in one to two years here, I, I don't think that he would have had criticism. Never, never here. But no, the, he would have been, difference, even if he lost in the finals. You don't, he would have you don't need – like you can win a final in basketball. You don't need a team of superstars like, like you do in baseball. Basketball is a much easier thing. There's only so many guys on the field or on the court. It's not like baseball where you've got – a ton of pitchers and you've got all the bench guys and you've got everybody has to play together where basketball, you can have like one supremely talented guy that kind of takes over and everybody else chips in and that's enough. It's not like that. And that's what LeBron is. Yeah. It's not like that in in baseball. Even, 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 even Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. The difference between, you know, why Scotty gets to love is because Michael groomed him. I mean, he was drafted, he was homegrown, and he got groomed. And not that that's going free agency. It's just, it's just a different NBA now, so it's tough to compare the two. It's okay. a different thing. Millennials aren't as attached to, like, the it's one a business. Big it's a business. It is. And, I mean, and, and you can blame them. I mean, when you got millions of dollars, it's why do you want to be in playing Cleveland or Detroit when you can play in Miami or – Seattle or San Francisco, like you wouldn't want to live in those cities when you're making twenty million a year. And, I mean, and that's the one thing that, and this again, this is all personal opinion. Everyone's <laughs> entitled to it, and everyone has their side. Everyone but Jesse's entitled. And I respect, to and I respect everyone's, and I respect <laughs> everyone's opinion when it comes to this. But the way I see it is, I have a little bit more respect for the players who won multiple championships. With the same team, stayed there. Could have, could have left. Yep. Imagine if, imagine if Michael Jordan teamed up with, I, um, uh, you know Patrick Ewing, or yep. or teamed up with Charles Barkley. 
You know, like those guys, like I think Charles Barkley was him that said it one time. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to nail it like verbatim what he said, but he said along the lines, you know, he goes back then we, it was all about beating the other superstar. Not that, was part of, that was part of the, le- the, their legacy that they wanted their legacy to be is mm-hmm. that, that in order to be the best, you got to beat the best, not, not team up with the best. And that's, in my opinion, that's why it's I I I don't. It's, it's not like I. It's not that I'm some huge LeBron hater, but it's I'm not so quick to throw him into the the goats of all time like so fast. Um, the same thing, with, and I, I'll do the same thing with KD and Kyrie or or Kawhi and PG and PG thirteen if they won this year. It's like, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, and, but that's the, that's the way the league has transitioned. That's the landscape of the league. Now it's an acceptable thing. It is what it is, but it's just me growing up and, and having witnessed both eras of the sport. It's like, I tend to think that it's more respectable to win it with the same team, bring in, building a culture in the same team rather than going to it, you know, trying to like, I mean, a lot of people probably use, you know, you bring up the, the whole A-Rod thing that he tech quasi technically cheated when he basically cheated in the game of baseball. It's like, I guarantee you there's people out there who think that LeBron James cheated. Like, you know, the way that he went to Miami and teamed up with Bosch and Wade, that's cheating. Like I guarantee you there's people out there because they'll do anything to keep knocking LeBron yep. down a peg, they'll be like, "Well, he cheated." It's you know? it's the it's the equivalent of like it's the basketball purist, and I get that. I 100 percent get that. It's it's the it's the it's the stay with your team and and do as much as you can. Take it's the Tom Brady effect, right? Yeah. It's it's take a pay cut so I can get more guys in here to help the organization and this right. that and the other thing. And and I totally agree with you. I I totally understand. I just think that wholeheartedly, I don't think if LeBron James has five years left and he continues to do what he's been doing year after year, I I highly doubt you will see someone have even close to the career that he that he's had. It just in just in the in in the way he's been in the finals for I don't even have the numbers, but oh yeah, ever, uh, I like, think it was like um, they said what how many finals games he 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 appeared in the other night it was i mean i i was trying to do the math on it and i was just like yeah it kind of adds up but like the the number i forget what it was it was like it seemed astronomical it's Um, crazy yeah i mean that's a lot of basketball i mean you think about that like compared to like probably 85 percent of the of the players in the league i mean the amount of extra basketball that that body has to endure and still perform at that high of a level and dominate like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I agree. I mean, that's something to be said. Something so, to be said. Can we have a Twitter poll? Howie Roseman, worst GM in the NFL. I know where my vote's going. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a segue, Bill. Hell of a segue. Well, so, the band-aid off. He's a, a ship bag of a front office. So, so I guess we want to jump into this uh, 97.5 report from uh, Jeff McClain. I McClane. want to know who the, who the mole is who hates Howie 
Because how he's not ordering this guy lunch when everybody's getting free lunch. He's like, you know what, Harry? Fuck you. I don't get Chick-fil-A. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's if if this is true that that Howie Roseman is making calls on who dresses and and who doesn't and doesn't let doesn't let the coaches know till like right before game time, he's got to go. Like, that, well, didn't Schwartz say earlier that the thing that like I don't decide who plays? Yeah, didn't Schwartz say that. Like, so, I just coach like what they tell me to. So yeah, if he's and, got him. And players. And they said one of the things was um, th- this uh, another reporter like piled on and said, I can confirm through my sources. The Eagle ha- said how he will tell the Eagles coaches he will give a heads up on Wednesday to, as to give them enough practice time. But he doesn't. Coaches are in the dark until the weekend when Howie then says who will play and who dresses. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad Travis Fogum's dressing. Yeah. He's the only damn person out there who's catching the ball. Well, and then, you know, you have Jim Schwartz say, you know, we've we we allocate a lot of resources to the linebacker. So there a lot of resources are paying your long snapper more money than all of your linebackers, wasting a third round pick on a guy that might not be able to play for two years, and then a sixth round and a seventh round linebacker. That is valuing. Don't need guys to play now. We got depth. That is valuing the linebacker position, my friends. And to, to go on to that, just the absolute hubris and ego that this guy has, that that you could look at this roster and be like, we are so good. We are so stacked. All we needed was a wide receiver. I'm gonna take a, a, a insurance policy in the second round on my quarterback. And in the third round, we're so stacked. I am going to draft a, an undersized linebacker that's barely played football in college that might take two years to get ready to play. We are so stacked. Like, and, and now the, the worst thing that could have happened for the Eagles was Dak Prescott almost tearing his, his foot off his, his leg because yeah, we, we might be able to limp into the playoffs now. And that's the last thing that this front office needs. That's the last thing this team needs. No pun intended. Is to is to to is to yeah right is to limp into the playoffs and get fucking our doors blown off by an actually well coached and well put together team. It's, Nick Foles comes to town as a wild card with the Bears. Nick Foles come beat the brakes off for Carson Wentz in the in the first round. John's wearing his Foles jersey in the stands because they're letting six thousand fans in this weekend to the stadium. So it's going to be six thousand fans. Spread out at the link. Will John be one of the six thousand? That's the question. This weekend. Listen, you know we we got problems. This team's got problems. Uh, I'm I'm not ready to uh, to write Howie off just yet. Even oh, we, apparently that's a shocker. <laughs> that's but breaking like, news, everybody. He's, he's going Listen, does, he's does got. This he's, report, does this report? If it's true, does yeah. this report? make you like second guess some of the decisions that he makes and some of the things that he does. Okay. I highly doubt, highly doubt, highly, highly, highly doubt that that report is a true report. Okay. Have you ever heard of any general manager having any influence like that on any team whatsoever? It's, it's, it's a, it's a real reach. I, I understand why people, 
already have preconceived notions about him. I get it. I understand it. A lot of it is deserved. I, I agree. A lot of it is deserved. Um, but let's not – we could be in a lot worse positions. And, yeah, and, but, but let's not forget that we're not talking about some schlub reporter. Like, Jeff McLean is pretty plugged in. So he, it, it, it's not in Jeff's best interest to lie about something like this. I, I agree with you, and that's not really what reporters should do if, if they are lying. But again, it, if you have sources, fine. You're not going to, you, you don't want to name names, fine. But I, again, I just, I find it ha- hard to believe that that's happening. I just really do. I mean, you look at the facts of the matter. Like, you really think he, he's saying, like, who do you, first of all, who would you want to dress that isn't dressing that he would say, don't dress this guy? Like, it's not I, like this team has anybody anyway. It's not like Alshon Jeffrey is sitting there ready to go or Deshaun Jackson's ready to go and how he's saying, you know what, don't play these guys. Now, if he's doing that because they're injured or some other reason, that's a totally different can of worms. But, I mean, that could be misconstrued. I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't think he's doing that personally. I, I just, you know, I don't. And it's not because I... I I have an, a non-distaste for him. I just, I find that very hard to believe. But stranger things have happened. Now, and also don't forget, there was that other report of um, Doug and Howie, like uh, Doug screaming and Howie on the sideline. What was that, in a practice or before a game that one of the reporters? Again, so maybe, so maybe this is about that. Maybe this is Doug like, what the fuck are you doing? If you if you look at that video of them talking with each other, or if one somebody wants to say is arguing with each other, I I have you know I'll sell you some gold underneath a bridge somewhere because it's just you look at that and you're like, come on guys, is it really a fight? Could they be saying tens of different things? Yes, they they could be. Let's not let's not you know make this out to be something bigger than. I it like is. to think that these guys fight a lot too. I oh, mean. I- Think about I, the egos I don't know. No, and I mean, I don't mean fight as in like, like they can't stand each other fight. I mean, just argue because they're, they both want what's best for the team and they have egos and, and they're just yeah. trying to do what they think is right. And they're just, they, that's one of the ways guys, you know, teams and, and organizations hash it out from time to time. I mean, I'm sure it's it's not a lot of times it's not a personal thing. It's just they both want what's best for the organization and and they're so passionate about it. That's the that's the way it comes out sometimes. Yeah. Now and now I mean, John, look, at, look at us on this podcast. We we, we all have a lot of strong uh, of opinions and and views on things, and sometimes it gets a little heated. But it's not because you know we we're, we hate each other or we want want to personally attack one another but it's just, just bill. i just want to personally attack bill yeah so, just, I, mean, God, I, mean, I mean how can you not I mean, I don't no one can blame you there no one can blame you there <laughs> i um, on a surface level you got things that get right to the core of me john that's not nice now <laughs> the the quote that i read was not from mclean it was from another guy another report another eagles beat guy piling on McLean's McLean's quote was I know how he has a voice when it comes to actives on game day I don't know how much of a voice but how he is definitely a factor when it comes to that decision 
and he was talking about players like Greg Ward sitting behind Mac Collins last year and things like Travis Fulgham right now. So maybe there is something to that. Maybe Howie is making them pl- dr- play the guys that Howie drafted over. Yeah, Travis like he wants guys. to give JJ every chance to succeed when Doug might have been like, Fulgham needs to go from day one, dude. Like he's a baller. Let's get, you know, let's get him out there. I mean, and JJ that, isn't playing, so there's your well. <laughs> he's a hell of a blocking. He's a hell of a blocking wide receiver. It's a I mean, we didn't need DK Metcalf. Like, and that's the thing. It's like we, you know, everybody gets caught up in like you know where they're drafted and the school, the pedigree. Like, just sometimes you need to look at the eye test. And that Fogum dude, he had arms, he has size, he has he just passes the eye test. He catches the ball out from his body. Like he just, it's he can only stop two right there, Bill. He can stop right there with he catches the ball. Yeah, yeah like he, he makes plays. Like he doesn't wait for the ball to come to him. He like goes to the ball. Like he just yeah. through games, and, but it's just like like he just looks the part. He looks speaking good. Speaking of speaking of catching the ball and guys who used to catch the ball for the Eagles, but now it's it's uh, it's disappeared and it's become a very mysterious situation. Is a uh, is is our boy Zach Ertz. Hey, what the hell is going on with Zach Ertz? I mean, it's it's either one of two things because I was listening to a couple podcasts and they were talking about Ertz and they now they did say in his defense that every team knows we, we're going to take Zach Ertz out of the play, but right now what he's putting on film isn't good. Like you put a little bit of pressure on him, you you body him a little bit, and. He slows down on routes. He gives up on routes. You know, everybody was killing Carson on that pick. And, you know, maybe he could have thrown it to 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 Miles, you know, squirting out of the back. But we don't know what was said in the huddle. We don't know if he said to, you know, to Zach, I'm, I'm going to you here. We don't know. But all we do know is that through a little bit of contact, he gives up on the play, throws his arms up trying to draw a foul. There's no foul given. And the ball's picked. Like if he at least fought through the contact, he's there to either break the play up or at least make a play on the ball and catch it himself. Like I mean, is he playing? Is he playing through something? You know, it's, it's either mean, he's hurt again. I, I he's playing through something, all right. Not like he's no. either hurt again or he's he's given up, and it's like. It's a bad look when you're supposed to be one of the leaders on the team and you 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 know you go to the media about how you feel like you don't know if the team wants you and you want to stay here and blah 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 blah. Okay, then man up and play like it. Like Jeffrey Laurie, the Eagles aren't a charity unless they're just giving money to, you know, Alshon and Deshaun and Jason Peters. Then they're we're charitable as fuck. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, if, if you want to be the tight end moving forward, they're going to have to make a hard decision on which one they're keeping. And right now, Zach Ertz is making the decision awful easy. I mean, it's not really even a question. I mean, and, and it could change. I mean, he could be trying to fight through injuries and, you know, show that he's, you know, worth it in team. I don't question that team guy to an extent. And, you know, I understand the retort's going to be best abilities, availability. You know, Dallas is out right now, but um, I, I'd rather have Dallas 12 games a year, miss a couple being hurt, 
than Zach Doyle's playing. Because when you watch Dallas, he just he has that Jason, that Travis Kelsey in him. He just gets separation from any linebacker and most safeties. And you just throw it in his vicinity, and he's a goddamn tree, and he catches it. Like, and, and I think he's going to be a Gronk-type player. He's going to get you 11, 12 games a year. Going to get dinged up. He seems to have that injury bug, but that's going to be our guy. And I, I think if Zach's going to play up the last two years on this deal, he'll be here. But something tells me after the end of this, this season, unless he turns it around, he's probably going to probably push to get out of here, I would think. Or, it's, or just, maybe it's just out. weird. It's just weird. The whole vibe of it is just really weird. Yeah, like, the whole team has a weird vibe. And I, and I get the pandemic. You know, I mean, everything's going on. And, I mean, so I, I, try to, I try to be mindful of that. I mean, these guys are humans, too. I mean, they're dealing with a lot of shit. But it's just like when you see other teams performing, it's like, well, wait a minute. Why are the, you know, these guys performing? And, you know, so it's, it's just uh, his play on the field, one catch for six yards, five for nine yards last game. It's, I know I get it, 16 games. He's, everybody has a bad couple games here and there. You know, he's, he, 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 he's deserved, he's earned the right to get a little bit of slack. But it's not like he's like laying out for balls and just, you know, oh man, you know, it's, it's like you just see him when they're showing replays and he's running half-ass routes. And, you know, whether he thinks he's going to get the ball or not, I just don't see the same Zach Ertz out there making plays. I mean, he's made all season that I can think of. I mean, I know he's got more than one catch. That catch he made against the Bengals was a play. Like, that was like old-school Zach Ertz. Like, 28, 30-yard, laid out, made a play, got up, gave the first down signal. But I don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem like he has that same mojo right now. It's amazing to me how people look at his play and go, he's playing so terribly, and then look around and go, okay, well, maybe the reason why he's not playing as well is because he's the only talented half talent. I would, I would argue he's the top talent on this offense, right? Are our teams double teaming him? Is he is he being um, schemed out of plays? Because I got news for you: if I'm a defense and I look at this team on tape, who am I? Who am I keying in on? I'm not keying on any of the other idiot wide receivers that we have right now. I'm keying on Zach Ertz, and then maybe I'm I'm even talking about a little bit of Miles Sanders. So, I mean, I can understand. By by seeing some of his play, where people would be like, "All right, he 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 made of he he may not have made this catch or that catch, fine." But again, like we don't know if he's being zeroed in on and being taken out of game position. Um, I, I would I would argue on the play that everyone keeps referring to that in the huddle there's a play called and there's a progression. And from what I understand, Miles Sanders was the first person on the progression. Progression goes from left to right. If you watch the play, Miles Sanders is open. He's got a defensive lineman or defensive tackle behind him about five steps, and he is wide open. Carson Wentz chose to throw it to Ertz. Granted, he gets hurt. He gets hit. He probably should have broke through the contact and should have been there for the catch. But, I mean, to kill a guy because he didn't make one catch here one catch here, one catch there, I think is a little crazy when the guy is generally reliable. 
But the but the problem is other teams with top tight ends when they get doubled, they still get catches. They still make plays. Well, if you want George Kittle and you want Travis Kelsey, then go then go trade for them. Because we had George Kittle and we had Travis Kelsey, and what can I tell you? The the, the guy, if I don't think I don't th- let me put it this way. Travis Kelsey wouldn't be as good of a player as he is if he didn't have Trav- or, uh, Tyreek Hill around him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman. Those guys aren't even close in talent to anybody that we have on this team. Well, I, I, absolutely. But, like, John, it's, it's really bad when, okay, he's our best player. He is, 100%. And, and I, I don't argue that he's not a, a very good offensive player. But in October, he has five catches. That's not good enough for your best player. I don't care yeah. if they're triple. I don't care if they're triple teaming you. Five catches in two games is not enough. It's not. Well, I mean, if you want to argue, is that his you, fault? Is that his fault? Hey, man, if if you're the one that go into the media, how you want a new deal and you uh, want this and you want that, Lee, and you don't feel that they love you. Yeah, but this is where this is where now you're taking the contract stuff and you're mixing it in with this play, and I don't think those two are 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 um, meshing. At, at no point in Zach Ertz's career until this moment has he ever said peep about a contract. Yeah, he's been a, a he's been a model citizen. He's been a model uh, member of the Philadelphia Eagles. Correct. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, when he says one thing in the media, we're reacting to every single touch, every single drop, every, every, every single nudge of a, a block or so on and so forth, and, and, and looking under a microscope based on one thing that he said. Because, I don't think, yeah, but I don't his, think that's numbers, his numbers are the worst that we've seen concurrent to the contract uh, discrepancy. So how can people not try to put two and two together? I, again, I think if you look at scheming him, again, I think people are zeroing in on him. Why does he have you know two, three targets a game? Well, maybe because he's not fucking open. You know what I mean? Maybe he's just not open. Does Isn't anybody it ever think of that? Job to get open. That would be great, but you know, if you're getting double, triple teamed, I'm not throwing to you. I'm going to go and take a deep shot or I'm going to go do an out over here or maybe I'm dumping it off. I don't know. I don't have the answer as to why he's not getting the targets. That's probably more of a Doug and Carson question. Well, but like they, just because he's not getting targets. Maybe even a Howie Roseman question. Maybe. Also, also it doesn't help him when uh, – What if I'm keeping him out of the game plan, John? What – I mean, what was it? What was it? Um – Two weeks ago, that he had that massive drop that that killed a drive that they needed at the end of the game on fourth uh, down. Yeah, can you be more specific? That's multiple games you did that on Jesse. Sure. The Washington game on fourth and five on a ten yard catch right across, hit him right in the hands and stride. That would also be in the Bengals game. He had a drop. I That's believe. the one. The Bengals one is the one I'm thinking of. Like you can't like. It, it all starts to like go together. And again, I, for, for what he's done, 
you know, you give him the you give him the benefit of the doubt, and you would hate to say that, you know, he's dogging it because of the contract, but it's one of two things, either well three, either he's cooked, because I mean he has played a lot of football for, I mean he's this is what his eighth season, yeah, and he ha- and he has some pretty notable injuries. So like it's it's one of three things. He's cooked. He's he's quit because he's mad about his contract or he's hurt. And like if you're Zach Ertz and you're hurt, wouldn't it be better if you have somebody in your in your, you know, your your agent or somebody leak to somebody, you know, he's dealing with something. So at least it shifts the narrative from what's going on to, okay, he's playing hurt, which is, which isn't about, you know, it, it sucks that he's playing, if, if that's what it is and he's playing hurt, but at least it, um, you, you understand his drop in play. Because Zach Ertz used to get double teamed all the time, and he'd still, John, he, he, used, he was always double teamed. 2017, he was double teamed. 2018, he was double teamed. 2019, he was double teamed. Like our our, our our other offensive weapons weren't as bad as this current offense. They were in 18 and 19. They were. Every, yeah, they every, were really. They were just as bad last year as they are now. And they still had 100 catches, 90 catches. I, 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 mean, I, think I would I, argue I, that they're worse now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, What's more frustrating to me is that we're sitting here five, four game, five games into the season, and after the last game that we all watched, our, our, our discussion point is how bad Zach Ertz is, and we're not sitting here w- discussing, I think, the, the worst part of this team, which is the defense. Oh, well, like, I, well like, there's, so like, many, if, there's, if, there, there's so many issues that we, you know, we've got to get to, you know, it, it takes a while to get to all of them. Do, do we, Zachary, I mean, I will give the offense credit of how many points they scored on, on Sunday, okay? Carson Wentz played uh, as, as about average as he's been playing, you know? But to sit here and to be like, the reason why this team isn't winning football games. We never be, said that. We no, never no, said no. that. I, I understand you're not saying that, but the, to sit here and just to harp on Zach Ertz, I feel like, is such uh, a well. We're harping on Zach Ertz just because we want to. Know, I mean, there's obviously something wrong. He's our best player on offense, and he has six catches, literally six catches for 15 yards the last two games. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, if it's one game, it's like okay, whatever here. But you come back, but to have back to back, and quite honestly, all season through five games, he's. I mean, I know he had a touchdown or two, and he had like some yardage to one game. I think against the Redskins, but. He really hasn't had a Zachers game yet, so it's like I understand the tap. You know, the I, I do agree the the receiving situation. If we get Alshon back or Deshaun uh, or Fulgham keeps playing like this and, and gets respect from you know safeties, it might open him up. But uh, I mean, it's it it really has been all season. I I just haven't haven't seen Zach like play really like a solid Zach Ertz game that we're used to. We got and breaking news. Le'Veon Bell was just cut. Wow. Really? Per Adam Schefter. Wow. That is. I mean, they still have to pay him the $6 million probably they owe him. 
$28 million in 18 games. He's fresh, huh? I mean, he's the kind of back that we need. I, so I, why don't we let's um before we before we drag Jim Schwartz and this sack of shit defense, why don't we double back on? So we were talking about you know can the Eagles limp into the playoffs? So I I pulled up the the Eagles schedule and the Cowboys schedule, and then Bill mentioned could we play the the Bears? I I mean dude the Bears play the Bears schedule is. There's some there's some tough games in there. I, I don't know if they Nikki make the playoffs. Tom Brady on Thursday night. Nikki just yeah. beat Tom Brady on Thursday night football. Just Nikki put his balls right on Tom Brady's That's, chin. But I mean the Rams are the Rams yeah, are playing tough. well. It's tough. But the Bears have a good defense. Like they got a legit defense. Yeah. Nick just has to make a couple throws a game. That's it. Make two, three, four big throws and hand the ball off to Montgomery and get out I of mean, the the Vikings will play them tough just because they're in the division. Yeah, fifty games they've, got, they've got the Packers twice. They've got the Titans who could really fuck them up, and then you've got the Rams. Like those are some tough games. Oh, I agree. No, I mean, Bears could go six and ten. I mean, it's no guarantee, but just and that and that's no slander on on. It's just that's a tough schedule. It's still early. Five games in. I mean. Some, I mean, yeah, some teams just take, I mean, we, you know, we finish a little stronger usually. We're still a December team, which is always nice to finish hot. So, you know, it's one of those things where I don't want to, you know, as much as I hammer these guys, I'm not giving up on them. It's just, uh, it's it's easier to, to, it's easier to accept losses when you see like, and not that they're not trying, like they're playing good and just whatever, but they just continue to beat themselves and it's just like, Man, it's yeah. not football. It's not good Well, football. to John's point, the offense was the least of our issues no, on I mean, Sunday. Carson played well. Like, I think he's – I, I don't I've know if he played well. Players. He played okay. He, the top, he had the top four stats of a quarterback. That's that's pretty good. Top four. Still lost. Like, team still lost. So. Still the team still picks. lost. Like, <laughs> if you put up 29 – if if before if going into this game, if I told you the Eagles on the Steelers defense, if the Eagles put up twenty nine points on the Steelers, you'd be like, they won that game. And like the Steelers don't score a lot of points. And then magically they're I mean, they're beating us up and like the whole time fucking Claypool is just running yeah. just running around. Just running around. He's like Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile, just running I was around. Say, he was a video game. And, Can you and, explain to me how a guy like that? Well, I guess you would argue he's the number two receiver, so that would explain why Darius Slay was on, on Juju. Juju. But at some point, you make that adjustment. You, you got to look at that and go, or maybe after the second touchdown, you're kind of like, <laughs> oh, a red flag is kind of waved. But like, Again, this sort of goes to the Jim Schwartz thing and the and the cornerbacks. Like we were talking about Rasul Douglas, talking about Sidney Jones, and you guys brought up good points about how well those guys are playing. And it, it, it goes back to that, like, was it a smart decision to to cut those guys? Was it was it what what was the the feeling of that that gave you the 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 warm and fuzzies that Cravon LeBlanc and um you know Marcus Epps um, as a safety or, you know, um, Nicole Rolby Coleman um, are, are the guys to, to do that. I mean, I, it, it's embarrassing to me when 
when we look at this team and we go, oh, our number two corner's out on the other side, so we're going to move Jalen Mills from safety to corner. That, to me, seems like – that's like a Juan Castillo uh, defensive coordinator type move. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just seems really out of left field. Like, I understand the guy's versatile, and he can play both positions, and he did last year. But, like, if you're going to tell the guy, like, you're a safety now, then, then keep him as a safety. We have this, like, weird thing on this team where, like, man, if you can throw a football you, and you're on the defense, you could be a quarterback. It's like, that's eh, not how it works that way. Well, Very strange. You have, you have to get creative with your secondary and linebackers, and everybody on your D-line makes $20 million a year. So, I mean, as, at that point, you're saying, I don't care about any other position but D-line, so let's just pay everybody on the D-line and then have I mean, pay. Just I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the Jim Schwartz MO. It's, it's get pressure up front, and, you know, it, hopefully you pressure the quarterback and your, and your corners and, and safeties can make – make plays on balls, but I mean, we're obviously not talented at those positions. I mean, like we all sat and we're excited about Darius Slay, but I got to be honest with you guys. Like he's not, he's not lighting the world on fire. Uh, Darius Slay. Yes, he is. He's a top rated cornerback. If you look yeah, at dude, every week, every week. Yeah, okay. And is he going to, but is he going to be cleared for week six? He's I hope concussion he. protocol. I mean, every friggin' time you see him, he's on the ground in pain. He's um, making tackles. I mean, He's a quarterback. So, tackles so here's my back. here's my argument. Like the the way I'll argue about Bryce Harper and his overpaid money, I will argue about a guy like Darius Slay who gets a boatload of money, and Rasul Douglas is basically doing and having the same exact season as Darius Slay is right now. Yeah. It's like I so. So why do we? No, Bill. The stats absolutely, the, absolutely the, stats, the same. The stats absolutely because I'm. I have husband. it right here. I was going to use that to say that Schwartz or Howie need to be fired. Like, and that Russell was one of the receivers every week though. No, Rasul Douglas, Douglas, 182 snaps in coverage, Bill, 24 he to, targets, 16 catches allowed, 129 yards. Darius Slay, 196 snaps in coverage, targets, 20 catches, 200 yards. He put like someone's got a better someone's got a better agent than the other one, I guess. I agree with you one hundred percent. Go get your money. I get that, but like again, if we're you know kill kill Howie for everything, you know like let him walk. He's the fucking GM. He's the fucking GM. So we should we should you know if if a guy like Rasul Douglas you cut is is doing the same if not similar similarly to to Darius Slay, you kind of look at it and you're like. Eh, like I said, like again, the guy's going to grow on me. Let's 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 hope that he can shut down, uh, you know, the likes of Amari Cooper and Julio and other guy, other number ones that we're going to face, you know. But you know, we'll we'll see. The 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 problem is, and I think Rasul is being able to play better because he's not like being instructed by his idiot defensive coordinator. Hey, every snap. I want you to possibly – can you possibly play 15 yards off the wide receiver? That's what I want you to do every single snap, 15 yards off the receiver. And, the, and, the, and they got to be like, Coach, can, can we play man? No, 15 yards back every single time. Well, even Slay's playing off guys. But the, yeah. it's amazing that you take guys off of this team and you put them on another defense and you allow them to play man – and they magically turn into good cornerbacks. Like it, it blows my mind. Can At we? 
at the end of this year, somebody needs to be fired. It, it's Jim Schwartz or it's Howie Roseman because those two are the architects of a historically bad defense that's costing a fortune. Somebody needs to be fired over it. Wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a forfeit episode without Jesse telling someone needs to be fired. <laughs> I know, if Jesse owns teams, people don't pick out a color of your office. No. I'm not going to be wrong. Like, I mean, let, let, let's be real. It, what hey, he's keep done, your personal items in the box. The decisions that Howie Roseman has made about this defense in the last three years and his draft picks have been borderline organizational malpractice. And if you can't look at it and say that, you are delusional. So if you want to say, okay, we'll give him another shot, you bring somebody in to help him, like, you know, know what a football player looks like and know what a contract looks like because how he's good at one and is terrible at the other, and you fire the defensive coordinator. Because, you know, Jim Schwartz didn't say to, to Howie, hey, let's redo Alshon's deal and then in the second round draft a big, slow position-wide receiver even though Alshon's under contract for two years. That was Howie Roseman's j- decision. Even though you had Deshaun Jackson on on half of a leg at that point, and you had a generational wide receiver fucking staring at you on the board that everybody was saying the Eagles needed to take. Everybody was saying the Eagles needed to take him. And they they take they take the big body wide receiver, the Alshon 2.0, instead. Instead of the speed guy that they actually needed. Instead of they drafted a guy that they didn't need at a position. They just paid a guy a fortune for a couple years. And now it's been two years and this guy can't even get on the field and he can barely block. Like those are the decisions that Howie Roseman's made in the last three years. You know, it's not Doug making the decisions of, you know what? I want to pay my long snapper more than any linebacker. That's organizational malpractice on the general manager and the defensive coach. Like, at the end of the day, somebody needs to be held accountable for these fucking mistakes that constantly happen season after season after season. Or we're going to be like eight and eight, nine and seven every year, maybe limping into the playoffs because we play in a shitty division. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Hey, Howie. And, you might want to hold year, on that custom monogram on the door. Right? And, and the only reason we might make the playoffs this year, like, let's be real. We're dog shit. We're dog shit. We have one win, and it's the middle of October. We're getting ready to buy candy that kids won't even be able to get for fucking trick-or-treating, and we have one win. And and somehow, Howie Roseman isn't on the fucking hot seat. It blows my mind. You're a soccer guy. I mean, I would have thought you would have been proud of a, of the one tie that we have. I mean, it it might actually help us Not get into loss. the playoffs. Not a win either. It, you know? it might. I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the current contract for wide receivers because I'm thinking to myself, all right, Jesse, you got a point. Like, you know, maybe, maybe given given Alshon Jeffrey wasn't you know a great great idea. I'm like, let me look at this contract, right? And I'm like, oh. He's he's sixteenth overall with 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 his contract, you know. I, I'm like, mm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm like, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Adam Humphreys or Kenny Stills? No, but my but my <laughs> point is, you gave him that contract, so you locked a lot of money into that contract 
into a position on the field that you only need one big body wide receiver at. You need one. You don't need two because if you need two, you're taking a tight end off the field. Well, and maybe he, maybe, maybe with their future plans, maybe they're only going to have one tight end. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't it, know the answer. I, I mean – Howie has it, yet to return our calls to get on the podcast. It it sucks that you know. I I do a big mistake. I do kind of feel bad for Sega Genesis that you know he he's done in the city. They're going to have to cut him, and maybe he gets on with another team's practice squad because you at least watch his highlight tapes from Stanford. And granted, you know the Pac-12 is a bullshit joke conference and he played a bunch of nobodies and put up empty stats and didn't win anything in college. But I, <coughs> I don't know if that's a dude that's just absolutely lost or just wasn't good, but I, it sucks that, you know, forever he's going to be linked to what could be the greatest wide receiver to come out of the draft in a couple of years. Cause DK Metcalf already in a year and a half looks like the absolute fucking truth. He looks like the next Megatron. I mean, I bet you a lot of teams are kind of kicking themselves for not drafting that guy. That's fine. But we needed a wide receiver. And not only did we take, you know, DK Met or did we not take DK Metcalf and we we took Sega Genesis? Like that's bad enough. But the worst thing is like every other wide receiver that got drafted around Sega can actually play. So not only did we not get DK, we managed to draft the only Pinto <laughs> in the in the entire group. Like all and, I got out of that was Pinto. And <laughs> and like for him, like two, right? A bat a disaster of a second year. Like, where is his pride? Where is the dog in him that's gonna be, you know, this isn't gonna this isn't my story. This isn't how I want my story to end. Where is the dog? Where is the fight in him? And, you know, because they they talked to pre-draft and after they drafted him out, you know, his mom and dad were so tough playing basketball and like he was a tough basketball player. And, you know, it was just so tough. And he he goes up and at the point of, you know, makes contact. And I don't see fucking any of that with this clown. I don't. (laughs) I, I don't. I don't see anything. Uh, he's gonna get caught, and he's gonna go to like I don't know the 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 Titans or 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 the the Buccaneers, and he's gonna and he's gonna excel. He's gonna have a banner year. But I mean, no no team is gonna waste a roster spot on on a guy that can't that can't play special teams and can't catch a football. Like he's. It, it makes me wonder, like, were the Eagles were the Eagles really interested in like Nicole Hartman? And because the Chiefs took him, we got like the second best guy. Like, not to say that Nicole Hartman is that much better than any other wide receivers, but like he's he's obviously much better than JJ Artega Whiteside. But like, you know, you, you always hear those things about like Brand like Brandon Cooks. We really like Brandon Cooks, but Saints went up and got him. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love to know if they would. You would never find out. You'd never know. But like, if you were flying the wall, like, did we really, you know, one Michael Harbin instead of JJ? I don't know. The thought. I mean, I, I just don't understand how you don't take DK there. Like, he was a 
freak in college. Well, I mean, you could you could argue that you know the Cowboys could have taken him, the Colts could have taken him, yeah, uh, the Chargers could have taken him, the Cardinals and, could have taken him. I mean, the Cardinals Cardinals took that Andy Isabella kid. Um, I, I don't know much about him, and then and then you get the Chiefs who took a took Nicole Hardman right before JJ, and you're like. Well, then there's the Seahawks, and they're like, well, we're not stupid, right? Like, Yeah. And, you know, you, you look at – um, fuck, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> you know, other than Terry McLaurin later in that draft, you know, there really wasn't much. Darius right Slayton. Now. I'm sorry? Darius Slayton. Slayton's good too. Okay. Is is Slayton better than DK Metcalf? He's in that same he's getting close to that realm. He had like twelve for one sixty against the Cowboys. I mean he, and, he's becoming the number one receiver. He just I mean, I mean, look at that draft though, really. Other than Marquise Brown, right? You'll you'll say like, okay, Marquise Brown's okay. Nikhil Harry's like, eh. Right? Yeah, He's not blowing your socks off. Debo Samuel, eh, okay. Yeah, but he's been hurt. He's good. Serviceable. AJ Brown, Tennessee Titans. AJ Brown's a stud. He's okay. Nicole Hartman. I'd rather have him. Nicole's speed. Okay. JJ Ortega Whiteside, no. Jefferson this year, maybe. And DK Metcalf is obviously the, the probably the best one out of all of them. The kid's going to be a stud. I, I would agree. I eat crow on that one. I, th- I thought after this year that J.J. might have shown a, a glimpse of something, but obviously that's, that's not the case. But, again, I'm looking at the draft, and I'm like, other than D.K. Metcalf, there really wasn't, like, a home run hitter. I mean, even Terry McLaurin, I, you could arguably now, like, I mean, I guess you said. Oh, he's who's, a stud. He has no quarterback, dude. He's a stud. He's no quarterback. And, oh. You know, with the – you know, you bring up the Cowboys – and you know they, it, it, you know it sucks with Rager being hurt, and we can't really look at him. And you look at all the other wide receivers that got drafted, and are, all of them are tearing it up. And it sucks that Rager can't play right now. But like the the Cowboys really fucked themselves because you know they 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 they, they the pick that they took was payback for us taking Dallas Scotter. And it's like okay, so you do that. And now your defense is hot garbage, and you're just getting destroyed every week. So is ours. Well, that is I mean, true. I, I would also say that for all the money that they gave Amari Cooper, I wouldn't be surprised if Amari Cooper gets cut oh, in no. the next f- few years. Absolutely, he's going to get cut because now they're already they already have, um, excuse me, a pretty pretty stacked wide receiver core there. So all that, you know, when CD Lamb's ready to get paid, they're not going to have enough money to pay him to. And they know. need to spend a lot of money on their defense because that is hot garbage. I I also want to just briefly touch on the breaking news about Le'Veon Bell. It, the more I think about him, the more I don't want him to come here. <laughs> I hate oh, to say that, but the more I, the more I just, I don't know. I think the Chiefs are going to sign him, honestly. I think he's going to go to the Chiefs, maybe the Cardinals. Um, uh, Possibly 
the Bears, I could see taking him. Because Cohen's out for the year. Um, there's a few teams that are going to grab. Seattle might grab him. There's a few teams that are going to grab. How him. about he just stays I'm, in the same I'm, in the same building and signs with the, the Giants? <laughs> they're even saying they're, they're even saying Steelers might be interested in bringing him back. That there were talks in the offseason about him coming back to the Steelers, and that you know both sides kind of you know w- you know it, it wouldn't shock me seeing him back in in Pittsburgh. It wouldn't because uh, Connor gets hurt a lot, and they need a bell cow back for their offense, so it's. They can get him cheap. That's crazy. So the Jets will have to pay him $6 million this year and they just for cutting him? Yep. How can he be that bad to have in the locker room? Well, he obviously is. <laughs> I heard he was disgruntled in the thing, Art. It was like he's disgruntled. Le'Veon wants to be traded. But literally, it's something to hand you $6 million and say, we don't want you in here. And they don't have any other running back other than 90-year-old Frank Gore. So it's not like they're like, I mean, but they're in full-on tank mode, though. I mean, they're playing for Lawrence now. They're full-on tank mode. Darn, Darnold's not the guy. Flacco will be perfect to have in there because he won't win a game or two, may, tops maybe. He'll keep it interesting. He'll keep it interesting. Lawrence I mean, how he might be able to flip one of those – one of our – I mean – I don't think both of these quarterbacks are on the roster next year. I, I don't think they're both on this roster. And, I mean, there's a lot of teams that are giving up on their quarterbacks, and there's really only one can't-miss quarterback coming out of the draft. Like, I if Howie's still here, he might be able to trade one of them for something. The, the only rebuttal I have to that, Jesse, is there are a lot of teams next year that are going to get rid of their backups. So those back, like Tyrod Taylor is one guy comes to mind. Fitzpatrick's going to come to mind. Like those guys are going to leave those teams and those are going to end up being either backups on other teams or, yeah. or go and start uh, until, uh, you know, for an injury or, or for another team that's looking to tank again. You know what I mean? But like, like, the, it's like a revolving door of like, but like rivers, backup. rivers looks cooked and, Drew Brees looks cooked and the Jets are going to give up on Darnold. And there's a, there's a bunch of those teams. And like, maybe one of those teams doesn't want, a you know, Rodgers to be their starter. Aaron Rodgers is going to go. Yeah. Sam Fran needs a quarterback. Sam Fran, Jimmy G's cooked. Yeah. Like Sam Fran needs a quarterback. Bad. If, if you're, if you're the Colts, do you make a call to the Eagles about what it would take to get either right to either get uh Hertz or Wentz? I, I don't think, think I don't think anybody's calling for Hertz yet. No, I agree. I think any calls are for Wentz. Any calls are like a, a quarterback whisperer that could say, I can make him be Brett Favre, get him here. We'll make it work. And that can and be I don't, and I don't even think they're even gonna listen to those calls for him. No, but Quite I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe not. I mean, I mean, if Carson keeps playing the way he is, I mean, these picks got to stop because I don't care how good your numbers are. Elite quarterbacks don't throw two interceptions a game. I understand the Zach Ertz ones, whatever. You got to stop the turnovers. You can't. You can't put the ball in situations like that. Like you just, you can't. Like turnovers. But that being said, I mean, he's playing differently in these last two games. I can say that. Like you just see it. You know, he has that hunger in him a little bit. That did, I haven't seen. Did uh, I was listening to the radio this when I was uh, driving around today, 
And they were talking about the Eagles on third down. Uh, the Eagles defense on third down. And teams are converting. I think they said over like 95, like 90% or something like that. 90, 95, 96% they're converting on us on third down. I don't know if that's true. That would be insane. Like the league average is around like, I think 50%, give or take. If that's, if it's in the nineties, that would be astronomical. I mean, the Steelers converted on every one of them. I mean, again, I, I, maybe if, maybe it is. I mean, if that's the case and that's, like somebody should be fired instantly because I know the league average is around 50%, give or take. So for a double the league at league average, I mean, that's, you're not doing your job in any capacity. Well, speaking of teams that can move the ball down the field and are pretty explosive on both sides of the ball, we have the Baltimore Ravens coming in here. Week six. Um, I don't projections. They seem I, to be... They seem to be um, uh, putting things together, whereas the Eagles are still trying to find all the pieces to put together. Um, <laughs> well said. I I think Lamar. I think Lamar Jackson and those tight ends are going to beat Nate Gary like a drum. That's what scares yeah. me. Andrews is going to abuse Gary, and well, I feel like what, we can stop their running game. And then it's just going to be the play-action pass is going to crush us. Like Hollywood Brown will get behind once. What scares me uh, equally as much as, you know, what Baltimore's defense just did to Joe Burrow. Um, Seven sacks, forcing three turnovers. Um, Yeah, it doesn't really make me feel warm and fuzzy for Carson Wentz. I just hope the O-line shows up like they did, they've done, um, you know, for the past two weeks. I just hope they just don't, they don't decide to, to lay an egg this week because more than ever, this is a team that'll make you pay. So that being said, I hope we win. I'm not really feeling like, um, not really feeling, feeling too good about, a uh, uh, a definite win here, um, but you know, go birds! Let's get it. Let's get a win. Let's somehow squeak one out. Like John said, you got any given Sunday. You got to show up. You got to play. And uh, who knows, man? Anything can happen. John, agree? Sorry. Disagree? Um. Hmm. I don't have the warm and fuzzies about this game. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson is just going to – I'm not even concerned about the tight ends. I know Lamar isn't playing great right now, but he is the closest thing to Mike Vick that I think we've seen in a long time. Um, I just don't see how someone's going to spy him and and be able to contain him. I, I, if I were a betting man, I would bet that the Eagles lose this game. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't think we're getting embarrassed. Cause I think we can stop their run decent, but I think, like Jesse said, like they're gonna have to play action pass, and Andrews is a chunk tight end, and they're gonna burn us like for thirty, forty yard chunk plays 
I think numerous times that's just going to be like third and 11. Oh, great. 36 yard catch to Andrews. Who's, who's covering him? Oh, there's 47 back chasing him the other direction. Yeah, there he is. And you see it clear as day. So, I mean, I, I think it comes down to they're just a, 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 a more talented football team, probably better coach football team at this point, better, better special teams. I trust Tucker if it's a tie game late. I'm trusting Tucker for a 60-yarder. You know, So I think every facet of their team says we're going to come with Philly and probably beat you handily. Not embarrass you, but it's not going to be a close game. Like I, don't th- I think this is like – we're cha- we're down two touchdowns plus pretty consistent throughout this game. I think, like I think, uh, yeah, I I I think this is because uh, I think we're gonna hold out on bringing Deshaun and Alshon back this week, and I think because they know it's not gonna matter if they play or not. So don't let, don't let them get beat up against the Baltimore defense. Give them one more week, and we're gonna be one four and one. And then I guess we got to see what happens from there. But I I, I think we lose. I'm going to call 33-20 to 20 we lose. I just want you to take a quick look at that chat I sent. I'm on the Eagles depth chart currently, and there seems to be no Nate Gary. I don't know if that's a screw-up or and what. Back those tweets. I can't believe those tweets didn't get him cut. I don't care if they're 10 years ago. How those is he not on the depth chart? He he's he's literally not there. He's literally not there. Did someone go in, go to the back end and remove him? Like Sean Bradley is the second string middle linebacker and there's no first string middle linebacker. Kind of interesting. Just a blank. Just thought that was interesting. But Also, uh, Alshon's lifted, listed as a wide receiver one. So maybe he can go. Yeah. And Deshaun Jackson's list as wide receiver, too. Yeah, <laughs> is he? I got a bridge to sell you. Yeah, that guy's going to play. Yeah, okay. Get your popcorn ready. I got, I got a lot of popcorn ready, Deshaun. Did you tell me when, bub? A lot of popcorn ready. Sit back and relax. Enjoy the show. Waiting, D-Jax. Yeah, keep making shitty rap songs. You know what's Jesse. amazing? Jesse, uh, prediction. Go ahead. That's amazing. I don't, I don't think they have a, a shot in hell at this game. I think they're going to get demolished and embarrassed. Um, you know, I, I will, I will, I, you know, I have killed Howie a lot. I will say that they have one good coach on this roster, and that's our offensive line coach, who can coach anybody. It seems like to become a, a pretty damn good player. The fact that he was able to get Mylotta to look really good. And I don't know if Dillard's ever going to get his job back at this point, the way Maylotta's playing. So you, you have to give, you have to give Howie credit for that Maylotta pick and for keeping that mean son of a bitch around to, to just yell at the offensive linemen to keep playing angry, but God, he's a good coach, but yeah, the Eagles get demolished. John, what's so interesting before we, uh, plug these social media interweb channels uh i was i know I'm, I'm sorry i was having a brain fart I, I apologize oh okay well if anyone else would like to um to add to john's brain fart or <laughs> or share 
share any interesting facts on uh, on why maybe Gary's not on the depth chart or um, add to the theory of of the uh, Howie Roseman reports or um, just you know agree or disagree on our predictions for the Ravens, hit us up on the interwebs at Forfeit Pod. That's uh, F-O-U-R-F-E-I-T pod on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams. Um, we're not on LinkedIn. I don't think we should be on LinkedIn, right, fellas? No, That's probably not a LinkedIn good idea. LinkedIn is for professionals. Yeah. Like, no, true we're, professionals. Not professional. we're not professional. We're not professional. The more I think about it, we're, we're probably, the more I think about it, we need to get a hold of us. Here. Bill, 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 Bill. We'll we'll put it in we'll put it in trusting hands. Bill, uh, sign us up for LinkedIn. Pronto. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be done. It'll be done. That's what I do. I take care of shit. <laughs> take care of um, Get over here, please. It it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look very promising for for week six, but you know, like like we always do around this time, Jesse. Covered!